fantasy sports, news, analysis, and opinion. This is Key to the Game with Dex Dunford and Colby McKee. Welcome into episode 27 of Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's Saturday, December the 3rd. And although it's quite chilly outside, it's getting colder, especially next week here in Southern Alberta. We're giving you coming in hot with some NFL takes, some NBA, NHL head on the pod. I'm Colby McKee. Across the glass, it's Dex done for Dex. How are we doing this Saturday? I'm feeling very well rested. Same. Did you, like, last night I went home from work. I fell asleep immediately. I woke up for the Flames game. I watched the Flames game. Okay. Actually, I fell asleep for part of it, and then I woke up, and they were in overtime, which kind of choked me. But then they won, so that's all right. That was great. No, they, they, they pulled out in the shootout. Same. It was, it was a busy work week, so we, it was good to nice, you know, take a nice night off and, and, uh, and rest up here for the podcast today. So uh, we're looking forward to being here on a Saturday, giving you some, some hot takes in the NFL world, heading into week 13. It's the final week of, uh, of fantasy football, probably in most leagues, for the regular season, too. So uh, it, Yeah, I mean, if you're doing a standard league, this is probably your last week. Depending on the size, I guess. If you have a small league, you might play one more week, but most team, or most leagues don't play uh, week 17 just because of, you know, so many teams sit their starters and stuff. So Hopefully you've clinched your spot already, so you don't have to worry about this week being a do-or-die situation for you. Um, I know for ours, I believe there's only one spot up for the taking. Um between your brother and uh, uh, Curtis's brother, I believe is, and there's another guy. I don't. Yeah, I think there's three there's teams, three fighting, teams for one spot. fighting for one spot, and then so. everybody's fighting for position. I don't think anybody's True. clinched the top spot. No one's. Yet, yeah, so. there's a big shuffle there at the top. So um, hopefully you you've survived and you, you're definitely in the playoffs. So it's just more about positioning for yourself. But anyways, everybody needs players this week, uh, even FanDuel wise. You got There's only there's two teams on the bye. It's Tennessee and it's Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so those are kind of teams we've talked about maybe going against. And if you're, you know, we talked about Cleveland going against them in terms of a defense, perhaps. But you can't do that this week. So there's going to be other teams out there that you got to focus on, and that's what we're here to talk about initially, right off the hop, uh, with your season long and your your daily fantasy. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Quarterbacks this week. Uh, both of our our Wednesday top five quarterbacks. Uh, are in the same matchup, talking about Matt Stafford and Drew Brees. We both like the matchup. It's going to be very high scoring in the Superdome. Um, I think those are going to be very highly owned this week if we're following the pack strategy. Uh, and if you can afford those, one of those two guys, you're going to be probably sitting pretty. Yeah, I, I think both those guys are going to be very highly owned, uh, especially in cash games, probably even in GPPs. And, you know, a lot of people, I think they try and get too sneaky with GPPs and you try and get too cute with it and, and pick really low-owned guys. I would say... Uh, don't try and don't try and be smarter than everybody else when it comes to quarterbacks this week. I feel like those two guys are are among I'm going to say probably the five most owned that you, you're going to want to have. Whether you're playing cash game or GPP, definitely if you're playing cash game, I think you want one of those guys. Um, if you're if you're looking at at GPPs, you know don't overthink it. Go go with one of those guys that you're feeling pretty confident in and find some differentiation elsewhere. I mean, uh, I think tight end wide receiver there's going to be a lot of really good choices this week a, a lot of uh cheaper choices so you can find some differentiation there find it find uh find a way to make up for the highly owned guy you're going to roster at quarterback but i'm all over drew Brees and matt stafford this weekend on FanDuel. so a guy that you might see highly owned if you're in the sunday and monday slate or maybe maybe on monday through thursday uh maybe in terms of a gpp play is ryan fitzpatrick i've seen a lot of him 
yeah. today, just doing more research. Um, he he's been very inconsistent. We've we've documented that on the podcast before. He's he's definitely a boomer bust guy. He throws a ton, but if this is a uh, kind of a, a launching point for Fitzpatrick against the Colts on Monday night, if you have him in that Monday slate, uh, he could be a, a cheaper, a really cheaper play for you uh, to really you know have a bounce back perhaps and, and maybe get you back to value. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking in GPPs this week, the strategy is to either go with a known commodity like Breezer Stafford or pay down and go with somebody like Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not super stoked on the kind of the guys in between there, the middling guys. Right. Um, you know, I figure if you're going to roster a quarterback, you want to either pay up and, and go with somebody you're very confident in, in GPPs, or pay down and go with somebody who's going to be a boomer bust like Fitzpatrick. Um, another guy that I think is going to be really highly owned just because of the matchup is Tyrod Taylor. Right. He's got Sammy Watkins back. Watkins actually looked half decent last week he's, for coming back the first really time after missing, you know, half the season or something. And he, and he was, and when he did play, he was, you know, he's playing on one foot basically. So, uh, I think Tyrod Taylor and, and Oakland is just weak against the run and the pass and right. Tyrod Taylor can throw it. He's got his number one weapon back and, Buffalo loves to run the ball, and they they give him the option to do the read option all the time. So LaShawn McCoy is going to get his this weekend, and we'll talk about him a little more. But Tyrod Taylor, he can run it, he can throw it, uh, and he's up against a defense that that uh, does not play does not play great against either the pass or the run. And I could see this one sneakily turning into a shootout. Right. I mean, Buffalo's a good defense, but we're talking one of the best offenses in the NFL this season is in the Oakland Raiders. In the Oakland, and that's what they do. They're, they're just relying on their ability to outscore everybody. Just like the Falcons. Uh, exactly. Yeah. They're very, very similar teams. I mean, you're right. The Bills are the top rushing offense in the league, and I believe I, I heard something along the lines of Oakland gives up six over 6.2 yards of play, which is the highest or third highest in the league. So big plays are going to be plenty uh, for both Ty, Tyrod and uh, LaShawn uh, McCoy. Excuse me. Uh, it's a great play. Another guy, same price range, number two overall passing yards in the league in Kirk Cousins is 7500 bucks this week. Super cheap compared to, to you know, his production as of late. This past month, I believe he hasn't thrown an interception um, so that, you know, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Tough matchup, albeit with the Cardinals. It, I, I get that. But uh, I, I, for that price, I would definitely recommend maybe Cousins in a GPP play. Yeah, probably not a cash game. Though. No. If, you, if you're thinking to follow the pack, I don't know if I'd go Cousins in cash, but GPP for sure. I mean, you can't ignore the stats that he's put up. Yes, he's against a very good defense, but Arizona has been ex- exposed a few times this year, uh, you know, through the air. Um so, yeah, I don't think you can ignore Kirk Cousins at that price for sure. And uh, if we're going back to some higher-owned guys or who I think will be higher-owned, um, I think Russell Wilson might be up there as well. Percentage-wise, you're saying? Yeah, in terms of ownership. Um, Even after his crappy week last week. Yeah, he had a bad week last I week. I got burned by Wilson last I week. I know you did, and Sucked. I did too in, in a GPP. The 14-5 to five game, like, man. But you know what? He They're back at home now. Seattle doesn't lose at home. Sunday they're, night game. They're against Carolina. Yep. Um, Carolina has a decent offense. This one could also, again, we're talking about sneaky shootouts. This one could be another one of those sneaky shootouts where you got two teams that are known for their defense, but they could come out and put up some points. And Russell Wilson, he's mobile again. He's, you know, he had a bad week last week, but up until last week, 
That team looked like they were really getting on a roll like they were at the end of last season. We thought, we talked about it. We thought he was going to get on the roll. And who would have thought Tampa Bay defense uh, is looking, you know, all-worldly again? I mean, look at what they did a couple weeks ago against Chicago when you were saying you they made the, the Tampa Bay defense look like, you know, the Raiders of the old days or the Bears, let's say, of the old days. Then, you know, back-to-back performances almost uh, with the Tampa Bay defense, you know, stopping a really good offense in Seattle. So Wilson's price has gone up since last week, only slightly. He was, I think he was 7500 last week. He's now $7,700. Uh, and Newton went down in price. He was 7800 and now he's 7600 So if, really, a differentiation might be in Newton again this week. Lowest price now. Um, we talked about him being tied for the, the lowest salary in his two years of being, you know, kind of a star. Now he's broken that. This is the cheapest you're going to get him now this week. Uh, I, I agree. It's going to be a weird matchup in Seattle, though, maybe. But uh, Newton's a definitely an interesting one. Yeah, he's a GPP. Um, as much as I just said, it could be a sneaky shootout. It could also be exactly what we expect in a very low-scoring defensive game. Right. Um, and I'm more. I would be more confident going with Russell Wilson over Cam Newton. Um, but Cam Newton, like you said, would give you that differentiation because I don't think a lot of people will be will be on him this week. Uh, and if we're talking about like some big names that I that not many people are discussing, like you know, if you're going through some of the DFS forums and stuff like that and seeing people talk, a name that's not coming up a lot is Matt Ryan, right? Um, and who, who else did I have in my mind? Derek Carr. Okay. Two guys who are arguably in the MVP conversation this year. High-powered offenses, they don't seem to be very popular. Now, I wouldn't use them in a cash game probably this week, but GPP-wise, it sounds like they might go fairly Mm -hmm. low-owned. People just don't seem to be paying attention to that for whatever reason. I mean, we're talking about the Falcons' offense. They're the highest-scoring offense this season. Yep. I don't know why they're being ignored, and they have a decent matchup. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, if you're looking for a a low-owned GPP play, you know, that might be... Might be a little safer than the numbers are suggesting. I would I would be looking both those guys' ways. And just the conditions we talked about it in the dome in Atlanta and in Oakland this week. Um, very favorable for for passing the ball. And you're right. That's kind of surprising because these guys have been out of this world uh, carrying their teams. Great statistics uh, for both those guys. I guess it's maybe just everyone around them perhaps this week. I don't know why. I mean, you look at Brady. I wouldn't roster Brady at all this week. Uh, Rodgers is kind of dinged up with the hamstring at Houston. Don't like that matchup with the pass defense of Houston. Uh, You know, Big Ben's up there against the Giants. Could be a good... I mean, Big Ben's always going to get a good chunk of the percentage as well just because he's Big Ben and that offense. Uh, Matt Stafford, we talked about Matt Stafford already. Phillip Rivers against Tampa Bay. There's just a lot of, of middling guys, like you said. You're either paying up for the big guys like Breeze this week, who is far and above the price range of every other quarterback, or you're dipping down to that $7,500, $7,800 route and picking one of those middling guys. I don't, yeah. not, none of the middle guys, are, you know, are, I guess they're not getting their love, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it's just an embarrassment of riches. We've got so many great quarterbacks to choose from this week. Yeah. Um. There's there's a few games that without look like they Marcus could turn. Mariota now. exactly. We don't even have Mariota. That's so, right. Uh. You know, there's so many quarterbacks to choose from. Somebody's got to go low owned. I guess. I mean, I guess that's how you want to look at it. So. Uh, what about Kaepernick? Kaepernick going up against the Bears, seventy eight hundred. So his price has definitely gone up since his his fantastic week last week. Uh, how do you see Kaepernick? I view him. He's probably going to be more highly owned than I think. He's probably going to be a top five top six percentage owned quarterback I feel 
And I think he can be a, a nice cash game as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice matchup, and he's proven that he can put up points every week. Um, you know, and he's uh, similar to Tyrod. He can he can throw the ball. He's not the greatest passer. He throws it 100 miles an the hour bullets, yeah. straight into your chest. But, you know, he gets a few in there, and he's got some competent receivers. He's got some veteran receivers. That team's just, you know, they they just can't seem to get going. But, I mean, they're up against the Bears this week who are so depleted offensively. I can't see that offense staying on the field a whole lot. I imagine... San Francisco will get a chance to carry the play a lot. When are you playing? Yeah, got an ad here on the uh, the old desktop. (laughs) Sorry about that. That was a little bit jumpy there, but I agree. No, 100%. I agree. That's uh, it's going to be an interesting play there for Kaepernick. Yeah, his ability to run, especially these past few weeks. Uh, has made him even more valuable going up against Chicago. Even if he can't throw it, uh, you know, who knows what the weather conditions are going to be like in Chicago on Sunday, but uh, his running ability is going to be uh, front front of mind for uh, all the Chicago defenders. Running back-wise, what do you got running back-wise? I mean, we talked about Shady. Uh, I really like Shady this week. And Jordan Howard going up against that San Fran defense being probably one of the top three percentage-owned guys this week running back-wise. Yeah, I mean... Every week we've seen whoever's going up against San Francisco is a highly rostered guy, and it's almost a no-brainer. Um, the last few weeks, San Francisco's kind of, you know, tightened up their run defense a little bit. It, they still haven't been great. Um, but it, it's sort of like a few weeks ago, it was almost like you have to roster whoever's playing San Francisco. And now I feel like you you could go look elsewhere if you wanted to. But in terms of ownership percentage, if you're looking to chase the rest of the pack in your cash games... Uh, yeah, I think you got to have Jordan Howard. He's probably going to be one of the highly owned guys. LeSean McCoy, obviously, is going to be up there. Um, the Bills, they run the ball more than any other team in the league. LeSean McCoy has, uh, you know, a, a great season going, and especially considering he's had a few injuries throughout the season. Right. Um, and the matchup is just juicy against Oakland there. Uh, David Johnson, obviously, he's always highly owned. He's got an- another nice matchup this week. Um, I don't think you can ignore David Johnson, uh, especially if you're if you're in a PPR league. I mean, if you've got David Johnson your season long, you're starting him. Start your studs no matter what. Don't overthink that one. But, uh, you know, FanDuel gives half PPR and DraftKings gives you a full PPR. So he's, uh, we talked about it last week, he's got more receiving yards than DeAndre Hopkins this year. Mm-hmm. So he, d- he does it through the air and on the ground. David Johnson's kind of that double threat. For sure, I think you got to throw him in your cash games, just in terms of ownership and the potential for him to put up big points. Price-wise, it looks like Bell and David John- Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson kind of separate themselves in that nine thousand dollar range. Um, it sounds like if, between the two, you'd probably roster Johnson more than Bell this week. What, what- yeah, I think Bell's going to be fairly highly owned, but that's a guy I want to pivot from. Maybe okay. I, I might be fa- I, actually having built most of my lineups for this weekend already. I don't think I have Le'Veon Bell in a single lineup that might come back to bite me. Mm-hmm. But he's going up against the Giants' defense, who have had a very good pass defense, or sorry, run defense all season long, and their pass defense has turned it on the last five weeks or so. Um, they're playing very well defensively. And uh, that run defense has been strong, like I said, since week one. So Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he'll get his. He'll put up some points. But just the cost of him, I don't know if he's going to hit value. I'm not really confident. You're more confident in Johnson hitting value than Bell. Yeah. And I, t- I would tend to agree, especially with the the increased role. Both these guys, both running backs, I sh- should say, could probably act as slot receivers. And in some cases, they do act as slot receivers. So there's just so much so much added dimensions than just the running game for both those guys. So you really can't go wrong. But I would tend to agree. I think David Johnson, this week against Washington, 
um, is going to be probably higher owned and probably worth more of your value. I mean, Melvin Gordon's up there as well in the top five. He's consistently top five priced-wise. Uh, feels like every week here on FanDuel. Devontae Freeman, Spencer Ware. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, we got Mark Ingram there is questionable with the toe. Latavius Murray. Everybody's questionable. It's that time of year, obviously. So you really got to be careful uh, about, you know, setting a lineup, let's say Friday, even today, and just leaving it and not checking it in tomorrow. Like, you got to be careful because these guys, you know, they might be resting up for the playoffs like you mentioned. This is the time of year where you're thinking bigger picture if you're in that playoff hunt. Yeah. Um, I mean, the best thing to do is just to uh, hop on Reddit or Twitter or whatever, you know, half an hour before game time and just see if there's been any updates where they've announced people inactive. Um, and, you know, just keep on top of it. If you're rostering somebody that's questionable, you know, questionable players more often than not do play, right. but some of them do get downgraded to doubtful or inactive, you know, you know, just leading up to game time. I think there, it's so. an hour and a half is the injury report. Like for an 11 o'clock mountain time game, I think we get around 9.30, 9.45-ish is when the, the teams lock in their roster for yeah. the day. Yeah, so you, you want to be on top of that and, and you know, you don't want to take a zero. I mean... Just this week in NBA, we had that situation in Philadelphia where right. 10 minutes prior to tip-off, they, it came out and said there's too much water on the floor and they might be you know, delaying the game. They ended up postponing it, and anybody that had those players in after roster lock uh, took a zero. I never players. saw that. I have, I have DeMarcus Cousins in my season-long league. I know we're bouncing to, to NBA quickly, but, um, and I also have the score app. Which is, I would definitely recommend to everybody. You know, keep track of all your your scores and standings and such. But you could also have the ability to track individual players. So you sign them up. You can sign up for their notifications, and that's been a lifesaver for me uh, in in all sports, NFL, NBA, and NHL. Keeping track of all my players through the the score app. And I didn't I didn't even get a notification for that Sacramento game that anything was happening until you told me ten minutes before before we locked up. Yep. Um, I was lucky that I was uh, I was on Reddit and I saw somebody had shared a tweet from one of the beat reporters in Philadelphia that there was excessive condensation on the floor and the game would be delayed. I believe they're requesting a 20 minute delay. And then when it got to about an hour, I think the NBA said, OK, you got to postpone this now because yeah. we can't have people standing around it was waiting. close to six o'clock, like you said. Yeah. So that's it's huge. Like just having that ability to know as soon as you can before lineups lost. Well, and that was a huge advantage for me. I mean, I, I made pretty good money that night with not great lineups. Like, I had okay lineups on NBA, but the fact that I was able, I and I had Embiid, I had Cousins had in cousins, some lineups. Yeah. Um, I, I had a few other guys from those two teams. Rudy Gay was one of them. I was right. all over him. Um, so I was able to pivot away. I didn't, it kind of sucked because I didn't get to do a lot of research and pick my, because we're at almost a roster lock and I think I had four lineups that night. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to get these guys and, you know, you got to rejig because of the salaries, change a couple other players. But I still made good money because people weren't on top of that news like I was. And Cousins ended up going like 30% owned. Embiid was like 20% owned. So right there, you've got like 50% of lineups in the tournaments Zeros. that were taken as zero. Goose eggs. I had Zach Levine, who might as well have taken a zero with how <laughs> shitty he played that night, but whatever. Anyway, we got off track to NBA, but that just kind of shows, you know, you got to be on top of your roster news because that could give you a huge advantage. It, if you're not on top of it, it could screw you over. If you're on top of it, it could give you a huge advantage over, you know, the rest of the field. Um, you know, and if if we get back to the running back discussion, yeah. a stack that I've been using in some of my GPPs is a Matt Stafford... 
Theo Riddick stack. You liked Riddick this week, yeah. Or a Drew Brees, Mark Ingram stack, obviously, depending on if they're going to be playing at a full capacity. Okay. But both those guys catch passes out of the backfield. We think it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be a lot of chances to throw the ball either to the flats, to your running backs, or downfield. That just seems like, you know, a GPP stack I want to have. I've noticed a lot of the big pro, using air quotes right now, you guys can't see it, but pro DFS players, the guys that tend to make a lot of money, the kind of meta game theory that a lot of them are using is to stack a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver or tight end, and a kicker. Wow. So the the quadruple threat. Yeah. So you can basically, you can only roster four from a single team. So if you think there's going to be a high scoring game and you want to be on that team, this is more of a GPP strategy than a cash game strategy. Oh yeah. It's boomer bust. I mean, if that, if that game turns out to, to not meet expectations, then, you know, your whole lineup is shot. But I mean, that's a GPP though. You're, you want to aim for the top of the tournament or flame out. I mean, <laughs> if if you just want to double up your money, then play double ups. You've got way better odds, right? So for me, it's like I'm going for that first place prize. I want that big prize or I don't really want to cash at all. If I want to double up, then I'm going to play double ups, right? If you got the money, yeah, then then you play your, your, your uh, tournament plays or whatever. Well, and I mean, that's also comes down to bankroll management, right? I always play my my double ups and my 50-50s. Um, I play enough that, you know, I, I win a lot of them. And then that keeps my base going. And then I take some crazy shots at GPPs that I'm, you know, nine out of 10 times, I'm probably not going to hit cash. But you take some crazy shots and, and who knows, maybe one day you, you hit it. But if not, then hopefully your double up lineups, your cash lineups, you know, kept at least kept your bankroll even. Exactly. No, so. for sure. So yeah, I mean, running back wise, you just got to be careful. Um, there's there's a lot of injuries. There's lots of bumps and bruises this time of year, obviously. Um, and yeah, you could probably pay up this week for one of the top guys. I feel like um, I I think Jordan Howard's going to be definitely highly owned now. Whether he produces, that remains to be seen. I feel like more the name value guys like the David Johnsons had a great week against them. But then you have Ajay who really didn't rush. He saved his day with a touchdown. And maybe that's what saves Howard's day, perhaps, if he doesn't have a, a monster game like some people expect. So just be worried about Howard and, and hopefully that he can produce. Spencer Ware, though, I really like Spencer Ware. Just going up against Atlanta, it's going to be fast-paced. It's going to be a good condition. We've talked about that before. In that case, the offense, him and, and, and Tyreek Hill. And and Travis Kelsey being the passing game, another running back that can definitely excel in the passing game. Yep, yep. Um, no, I, I love Spencer Ware this week as well. He, I don't think he's going to be as highly owned, but he he won't he won't be under owned either, and he he could put up a huge game. So I, I like him as well. Yeah. So running back wise, just t- kind of take your pick. There's going to be some outliers. There's going to be some some big performances, and uh, and hopefully one of your guys that you pick is on the right side of that. So. Uh, wide receiver wise, what what are you feeling wide out wise? I think who is your your Wednesday wide receiver? T. Y. Hilton. So like he's T-Y. he's on the he's on the Monday night. So, so he's got to be playing a Thursday to through Monday, or maybe a a Monday through Thursday slate. Sunday Monday slate. He won't maybe. be on the main slate though. That's great. Yeah, but I do like that matchup. Okay, that's good. I mean, I'm still big on uh, Dontrell Inman. I just looked up uh, Tyrell Williams. I didn't see any updates for him. He was a limited participant yesterday in practice, and uh, he's definitely questionable with the shoulder. So 
but they are expecting him to play. I don't know how much he's going to produce. I think they're going to they're going to trust a lot of the targets going to Inman, especially if if uh, they throw to Williams and he struggles right out of the gate. It's going to be more Inman uh, throughout the rest of the game. And at that value, I think he's still fifty two hundred dollars. Let me just double check that. Correct, fifty two hundred bucks uh, for Inman is going to be a nice. He's going to be a nice value play, so you can pay up for other larger guys at the position. Yeah, and just kind of the way this discussion's been going so far today, I mean, we're talking Drew Brees being a highly owned guy. We're talking David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Sean McCoy. You can see where I think people are going to be spending their money. Wide receiver, you're, you have to pay down somewhere in your lineup, and it seems like wide receiver is the way to do it this week. And Tyreek Hill, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say Tyreek Hill is <laughs> going to be pretty popular, I think. Um, it, that sort of feels like chasing points to me. He's had two good weeks in a row, but, I mean, he's not a top-end guy. At the same time, though, he's got that nice matchup against Atlanta. You know, j- just like Oakland, Atlanta doesn't have a great defense. They're going to outscore you, and, you know, they'll they'll go shot for shot with you, right? right. But at the end of the day, they're hoping their offense can outscore, um, you know, the points that their defense is going to give up. So Tyreek Hill could, could be in for a huge day. Like I said, it sort of feels like chasing points to me, though. But that said, he's in my cash game, so I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, top price, guys. Obviously, it's A.B. and Odell facing off against each other. It's the first time this year, I want to say, they faced off um, on the against each other. I want to say they I haven't so. played this year. Uh, but, yeah, top three, top four wideouts, two of the top four, let's say, in the game going off. If you had your choice, uh, well, who would you pick this week? AB or OBJ? I'm going Odell. You're going Odell. If I had to pick either of them. Again, Pass I've, defense? I've paid up. Oh, yeah, well, the I think Odell has the better matchup. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have a great pass defense, whereas New York is playing very well on defense lately. Um, so, yeah, I think just matchup-wise, considering they're a similar price, there's only a couple hundred bucks separating them, correct? No, they're the exact same price. They're the exact they're same? $9,000 exact. So that's why they're, they're, they set themselves apart just a tiny bit. But they're the exact same price, so that it, it's really it's whoever you like. So let me flip that on you. Who would you take? Who would I two? go with? Oh, it's hard to say. I mean, I love Odell, but I probably go AB this week. Yeah, especially if they're the same price, because this whole season there's been a couple hundred dollars a piece going the difference between those two, and sometimes you have to go the cheaper route with Odell, but because they're the same. And you can afford probably one of them, excuse me. I'd probably go A.B. and just that offense. I think they're going to prevail. And I think he's going to have some deep shots downfield. So, not, not to say that OBJ is not going to. I just feel like A.B. might have more of, a, more of an impact. When I've been building my lineups, I actually haven't put either of them in. And I've been looking at the next two guys, Mike Evans and Julio Jones. You like those as your number one receiver this week? I prefer it's those It's hard to guys. go against Evans. I love Evans. I mean, he's been the targets are just so crazy. steady, and yeah. he's, he gets the targets. We talk about you got to look for the targets. He gets lion's share of the targets in that monster. offense. monster. Just a monster. And Julio Jones is, I mean, he has some boomer bust weeks, but I feel like he's got a pretty good chance this week. I mean, you brought up the stat last week with Demarius Thomas against Kansas City. Right. Now, unfortunately, I found, I mean, DT was up against Marcus Peters all game, so that was tough. It wasn't quite the, the result I was wanting. I don't know how the other side of the Denver offense worked, like the other side of the field, but, uh, but from what I read, it was DT up against Marcus Peters, the top corner on Casey uh, for much of that game, which really limited his, his success. Julio is probably going up against Marcus Peters as well, 
I'm guessing 99% he will. So it's going to be that's a tough matchup now that I'm thinking about it. Marcus yeah, Peters but is super good. I'm uh, I'm going to say Julio Jones is several steps above Demarius Thomas, and I'm also going to say that Matt Ryan is in a completely different league from Trevor Simeon. Now it's Paxton Lynch this week. Simeon yeah, tre- is out this out. week, so, so if you you like that Denver offense, you got to go Paxton Lynch. I I think between the two, you might have to pay. I would pay up for Evans more than Julio personally. I think the two hundred boxes is, is nothing. Now that's that's hard to say when you build the rest of your lineup. But if I had my choice, I'd go Mike Evans in a heartbeat because you're right. You're guaranteed double digit targets. You're going to be close to double digit catches and probably a hundred yards and a touchdown every game. That's excellent, excellent value. Um, and we were talking about Drew Brees. He's got a whole bunch of wide receivers that catch the ball down there. Who's, do you, who's it do you this try week, and Dex? pick exactly? Do Who you try and pick one because it seems to change every single week? Last week, Brandon Cooks put up a fat goose egg. He First screwed time in over his career, a lot of people. He hasn't had a catch. Yep. Um, so I mean, it, that's probably an aberration. You could probably expect him to maybe put up some points this week. But do you want to trust him? I feel like Michael Thomas is the steadiest one there. Kobe Fleener, he gets his every now and then, but some weeks he puts up a total dud. Same with Willie Sneed. Some weeks he has a huge game. Some weeks he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, That scares me trying to pick the wide receiver that's going to put up the points down there. But you're right. I think you have to go statistically, and you got to go Brandon Thomas. He's a, he's a wide receiver one statistically this year. Uh, number 12 on our ESPN rankings, at least. So uh, in a 12-team league, he's, he's a top wide out, and that's crazy to hear because he is a rookie. Um, and he's definitely not going to get uh, Rookie of the Year votes with the guys down in Dallas, but he's, he's very deserving of some, some hardware because he's been excellent this year, and I would agree. He's probably the most reliable of those New Orleans receivers, and, and I would definitely roster him if I, and I think he's a great price still, around that $6,000 range, I want oh, yeah. to say. Um, Thomas, let me quickly look that up for you. Yeah, right around 6900 so his price has definitely gone up since last week even when he was low uh, six thousands, but that's still a, that's still a, a digestible price for me. So oh yeah, that, that's a price you definitely have to consider him at. Um, Oakland offense, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm. That almost seems like a coin flip. Who do you want to take week to week? I like them both, but we, would you got, take? They got some of them? good corners, don't they? Oh yeah, they... Buffalo's got a very good defense. But again, yeah. we're talking we're talking Oakland's Oakland's strategy all season long has been to outscore whatever their defense gives up. So true. That one could be, they're at home. That Latavius, I think, is questionable as well, so don't know about the running game. Uh, it might not be as big of a factor as it has been in past weeks. Carr might be having to throw it 50 times a game, which he has done this season, and look at the results. They had almost 100 yards apiece. So hopefully for both those guys, they have huge monster games for you. And one name I want to bring up, not a cash game play, this one's a GPP play, but with Gronk being out, Malcolm Mitchell. He's had two mm-hmm. good weeks in a row now. They're depleted on offense there in New England. They need to get the ball to somebody. It looks like he's trusted by Tom Brady. I mean, two weeks in a row is is nothing to scoff at. Would you throw Michael or sorry, Malcolm, Malcolm Mitchell? Mitchell? Um, I, I'm trying to find him here. So he's 5,600 bucks on FanDuel. I think I, if I had my choice between him and Inman, I think my my cheap cheap play. I'm only probably going to go one cheap play. I'm going. Uh, uh, Inman, excuse me. But, I mean, for GPP, I think, yeah, absolutely. Cash-wise, I don't see him as a cash play. No, definitely not a cash play. But He's a GPP, a GPP. Uh, maybe to separate yourself from Inman, I, you're right. I think that's a great play because, uh, yeah, he's he's he could be the new Chris Hogan. And look at how good Chris Hogan's been this year. 
uh, hooking up with him. I just don't like Brady this week at all. Like, I don't know what to expect from him. Now he's his offense is just depleted. He's It's a whole different offense now without Gronk. Uh, and we've seen that this year already. But I, I just don't like the way Brady looks myself. And I mean, his weapons around him are decent. I like Edelman a lot. Obviously, I have him in my season long. And I'm expecting big things out of him. But Malcolm Mitchum could be a good play. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm not sure. Any other wide receivers you want to touch on before we move on? You know what? I think we've covered a large majority of them. Yeah. I think uh, the middling guys, you know, they're, they're kind of take your pick. I'm surprised to see Kenny Britt kind of in the middle of these middling guys. I mean, he's, like we said before, he's becoming the Rams' number one wideout in some senses with Tavon, uh, kind of definitely being disappointing. And Britt's been the most reliable for whoever's at quarterback. So kind of surprised, but yet, I mean, at the price, he's kind of doable as well. It could be a nice GPP, baby. Yeah, maybe a GPP. I don't. I don't like the matchup against New England. They've been allowing the least amount of points, or third least amount of points. In right. The they're they're stringy, but they. I mean, they allow. They're they're middle of the pack defense. Excuse me, middle of the pack defense. But they really shut down when it gets to to game time, like when it really matters. Yeah, I mean, they fantasy wise, they're not really attractive because they don't generate a lot of turnovers and sacks, mm-hmm. but they just don't give up a lot of points. Very true. So you know, going up against them is a little bit scary especially you got a rookie quarterback and a wide receiver core. Yeah, Kenny Britt's the number one, but he, on any other team, I don't know if he'd be a number one or even a number two. Exactly. I don't know. That's a, that's a good, good, good discussion. I'm not sure. Um, another guy quickly I just want to mention with, and we'll get the tight ends right after this, I'm thinking, Jordan Reed's out. More opportunities for Jamison Crowder, perhaps. Red zone. I know we talked about Redskins red, the Redskins red zone. Excuse me. I love Crowder this week, and he's a, kind of a middling option. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's been really steady, Michael Thomas style. Yeah. Like, just steady, getting his points, and when Jordan Reed's They've been out, he's been... They've got good wideouts, too, yeah. Yeah, when Jordan Reed's been out, he's been their number one red zone threat. So, got to take a look at him. Again, not a great matchup against Arizona, really good pass defense, but, I mean, good GPP play, who's, who's it, We talked about, I think, on Tuesday, who's going up against Patrick Peterson? It's probably going to be Deshaun on that side of the field, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I so, think uh, Jamison Crowder tends to kind of... He's a slot guy. Yeah, he falls more into the slot and, and, you know, those red zone targets. So, yeah, I think Patrick Peterson will probably be on Deshaun Jackson. So that's a big plus for Crowder yeah. and his owners. So, okay, tight end-wise, I think we talked about it on Tuesday. I'm not the biggest fan of tight ends this week. There's not a... In my eyes, I mean, we, Jordan Reed's out, so you don't pay out for him. Gronk is out, you don't pay up for him. So just the two biggest guys... Uh, arguably, in that field are gone. You could pay up for Tyler Eifert. You could pay up for Jimmy Graham, perhaps. But, I mean, in my opinion, I'm going for Kelsey. Kelsey's going to be in all of my lineups if I can afford him at that price. Um, I think he might be the most productive this week, just in, in that matchup as well. He's the only, he's really the only one that I feel truly confident about. Yeah, I would agree. He's a, he's a target hog there in Kansas City with uh, Jeremy Macklin being out and they just don't have any top-end elite talents to catch the ball there anymore. I mean, you, they, yeah, they got Tyreek Hill, but he's still kind of not really a known commodity, right? True. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Travis Kelsey's probably one of the better top-end guys. If you want to pay down, I mean, C.J. Fedorowicz has been kind of steady all season. You know, had some bad games here and there, but he's still a cheaper option, and he's up against Green Bay, who's had a terrible pass defense this season. No, I agree. I've got Fedorowicz in my, one of my other season longs. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, he's been very steady. 
And I mean, con- considering what you've seen out of Martellus Bennett in past weeks, uh, he he's actually more expensive than CJ Fedorowicz. I think uh, CJ could be a great play. And we, we talked about uh, the deficiencies of the Houston offense and, and what that entails. And Fedorowicz is kind of excelling in you know the lack of Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins going off. And Lamar Miller, to an extent, he's been kind of the beneficiary of, of more, most of Brock's targets. So it's, I like that a lot, actually. And look, right below him, I'm actually kind of a big fan of Lance McDonald at that price for San Fran. People are talking about him being a potential top five tight end this week. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, when you take out the fact that, you know, Gronk is not playing and... Um, Sorry, who else am I thinking of that's not playing? Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. There we go. We there just you... talked about him. Yeah, we did. Two, two of the top guys aren't playing, so that's going to definitely open up some spots in the top five, and, and he's got the matchup against the Bears. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a good week. Antonio Gates is another one that just, I kind of like. Yeah, just, you know, him or, or Hunter Henry. They, they It seems like they're running a lot of two tight end sets, which is yeah. good for both guys. Uh, they're both getting their looks, and, and in in the case of Henry, he's getting more of the touchdown looks. I feel like every game I turn on or every red zone opportunity I see from San Diego, it's a it's a Rivers to Henry touchdown throw, especially in the red zone. So that's that's probably more along the lines of Henry. But I mean, Gates is Gates can run like a receiver still, and he he still has that trust with Rivers. And both of the guys are good. I just. Uh, Hopefully you can find a, a tight end that doesn't give you a zero. That's the number one goal because some teams have been burned in the past by having a Lance Kendricks who gives you nothing, let's say, one week. My, my goal with tight ends is just to give me something. And maybe if I could pay down as much as possible, that's probably the, be- the best option for you. Yeah, and I think the, the ownership is going to be so spread out on tight end this week. You took out the top two guys. Yeah. Ownership's going to be all over the place. I don't even know who you go with as the highest owned guy in your cash games, I think, like you said, you're looking for somebody who's going to give you a nice floor of points. And I think, you know, this goes back to where the discussion started. Probably Travis Kelsey. If you're looking uh, or for a nice I, floor. I like Fedorowicz, I think, at the price and the the matchup of Green Bay, I think people are going to really want to pay down this week for tight end. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, name-wise, I think Kelsey's probably at the top of the cake. I think for value-wise, you probably want to go Fedorowicz, personally. Agreed. Good. Glad to hear that. Kicker-wise, I mean, Justin Tucker had a great game. He he carried my my season-long team to victory last week with 19 points overall on ESPN. But, um, I mean, there's lots of good kickers. Hauschka's there. Matt Prater had great value from his uh, Thanksgiving day. He was really cheap, but he's gone up a little bit. Uh, you know, Dustin Hopkins, we talk about the, the red zone deficiencies of Washington. Uh, he's he's been a great kicker all year as well. There's tons of good options. McManus was really highly owned last week just because of of that the Denver's deficiencies going up against Jacksonville. There's there's a lot of options at kicker. Yeah, um, I would also add in Matt Bryant. Okay, in the dome in Atlanta. Right, high scoring game. We'll see. So I got burned yeah, I, by Josh Lambo last week. I'm, me too. You had Lambo too. Yeah, yeah. In my season long end okay. in a few tournaments. Yeah, the, the people are not very high on Lambo anymore this year. Well, he he was going so well to start the year and he had a few good games and now he's and I don't know what the issue is. I mean, he missed a kick last week, so if your season long league uh punishes guys for missing kicks like ours does, then you lose some points there. Or, you know, on FanDuel, you're just he's not making points, which, you know, uh, 
I find that the the thing that I dislike most about FanDuel is the kickers are so volatile. And yeah. so the one thing that I like about DraftKings over FanDuel is that you can, DraftKings has that flex spot. And But again, the flex spot is kind of volatile too because you sort of like shoehorning whoever you can in there at the end of the day. But Yeah, you probably can't afford the guy you want there at the flex spot. So, you know, I, I still prefer FanDuel over DraftKings. But that kicker spot can be so volatile. In some weeks, you're, you'd love the kicker spot because you picked the guy that put up 15 points and yeah. and outscored all the other kickers. And then some weeks, you hate it because you picked Josh Lambeau and he puts up two points or something. A lot of teams, I felt like, didn't even roster. They didn't have Tucker in with, with the major game he had last week. I saw a lot of uh, McManus was definitely one of the names I saw. A lot of Crosby from Green Bay. Not a lot of Tucker. And I was kind of surprised. Even the winning lineups didn't have Tucker in um, as their as their main guy. Is it just because he's the most expensive I, kicker and, I think and it a might be. good strategy just seems to be to pay down at kicker? I think it might be. And in, in the case of last week, it did not pay off for those guys because, um, I mean, it did if you won, obviously, but um, for the actual winners, it didn't matter who you had a kicker because you had other guys. Anyways, uh, defenses-wise, I know you like New England. You think they're going to be a, a highly owned guy? I don't know if they'll be really, really highly owned, okay. but I, I do like them just because they don't give up a ton of points. And, and you know, if they if they can generate a couple turnovers this week, then they could be not a not a top, but, you know, they're cheap enough that I think they could be top, you know, let's say top six or seven. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And with their value, with their with their price, they could be very good value. Um, I really like the Chargers, though. I have them in my season long. They've been generating a ton of turnovers. That's right. Uh, Jameis Winston, he can put up points, but he also gives up some some turnovers and fumbles, fumbles. as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I like San Diego just for the the potential for them to generate points through turnovers. I like the Broncos. I talked about that on Tuesday yep. against Jacksonville uh, and, and the garbage time that is. Blake Bortles, Denver's been very uh, consistent all year long. I think he might have to pay up a little bit. I I've found a lineup where I can forward pretty much every guy I want, which is which is good on my end. But uh, I that think feels Denver, good. What's that? Sorry, that always feels good. Oh, it feels great. You don't have to sacrifice anything. So uh, Denver wise, yeah, I, I like Denver a lot. I'm still surprised to see Air, uh, Washington being the third highest defense overall this week against Arizona. I don't get that, but I mean, people obviously have them valued. Even Atlanta, the fourth highest, and they their defense is nothing to write home about. No. I don't. What? Why the the increased price? I guess. I guess could it just be the fact that Kansas City is very up and down throughout the season? You know, sometimes Kansas City comes out and puts up some big points, and sometimes they come out and they get they get 10. shut out, or they get they get a couple of field goals or whatever. Like, so man, they looked so good in Denver last week. Put up thirty yeah. on them. I I would not be betting against Kansas City after last week and the way that they went up against Denver at. Uh, they were in Denver, right? That's in Denver, yeah. Yeah, so you go into Denver's house, uh, you you play against the best defense in the league the last couple seasons, and you come out with a win. I'm not betting against that this week. I don't, no. I don't think I would. That, that's tough. I, I just don't like the Atlanta defense in general in any matchup. I, really, Washington, too. I think... I, I shouldn't say that. We I rostered Washington, I think, way back when they faced Cleveland, like in week three or week four. And that was okay. They didn't do anything crazy. But, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of that team, uh, the, the defense in particular. Maybe Green Bay as a, as a, another option against Houston in that crappy offense, maybe, as a GPP. 
Yeah, I mean, that scares me because Green Bay has been so bad against the pass, but then you're also counting on Brock Osweiler to be able to exploit who, that, which who, I don't yeah, think Who are they can. going against the pass with? It's it's floppy sleeves. Yeah. It's 2.0, not Sam Bradford, but uh, but Brock Osweiler. So, uh, exactly, defense is, but you're right, Chargers are right around that, that price, and if you could, you know, that's a great, I love the price of Chargers this yeah. week. That's probably my play as well when I start to, to set my lineups as well, so... That's our that's our roundabout way of, of wrapping up NFL talk. Uh, hopefully, week thirteen is very valuable for you and yours. Obviously, we uh, did, got an email today from FanDuel. It's our it's now the official deck. It's the last weekend of the Road to Fifty One. This Sunday is the last Road to Fifty One contest. It's free as well. So head to FanDuel, head to keytothegame.com. The link will be there as well on all of our articles and our podcasts. It's the last week for you to get in. And potentially go to where is it? It's in Houston, isn't it? Houston Super Bowl Fifty One. So we 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 shit on Houston this whole time, and then we're, we we want to go to Houston for Super Bowl. 51. They got great barbecue down there, right? Well, in the Friendsgiving contest that we're part yeah. of as well. So that's on Sunday. There's a and there's we'll talk about an NBA, but there's tons of free contests out there to really try your hand at all this this FanDuel talk. So. Yeah, uh, my favorite thing to do in these free contests, just because it's so hard to win. I mean, the, let's be real, the odds of winning these free contests are incredibly low. Right. But it's a good way to practice. It's a good way to test, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm not confident in this, but I kind of have a feeling deep down that he might go off. Yeah. Then, you know, it's good to put in, you know, a ridiculous GPP lineup. And that's what you got to do to win these. I mean, nobody is throwing in a... Uh, Drew Brees, Brandon Cook stack, and and, uh, and probably winning these things because they're going to be so highly owned. You need somebody low you'll owned. You'll need a Kaepernick go stack. You'll need a, a Jay Ajayi type. You know, like just yeah. these weeks that are just unpredictable. And if you feel it, you feel it, and that's what's going to help you out. So who would have thought Kaepernick would be top quarterback last week? I I wouldn't have. I I wasn't. I Personally. I did have him in a GPP. <laughs> did uh, you? It, actually, in the road to fifty one for last oh, okay, week, I had him go. in there, but the rest of the lineup sucked, so that kind of blew it. Also, we do have five free entries on FanDuel, so if you're thinking about getting started on FanDuel, you can do it for free, play five times for free, and if you win those, you actually get some money back, so you could turn some free entries into actual cash in your pocket. And they're beginner contests. You're not facing the all-stars or those pro DFS players that we've talked about before and you brought up today. Uh, you're facing beginners just like yourself, and maybe you aren't a beginner. Maybe you, you were playing DraftKings and you want to come over and... Uh, and, excuse me, and earn some free entries. So, keytothegame.com, look for that link, five free beginner entries, and you can start earning yourself some money. So, uh, basketball, no, no, we're not going to do basketball yet. We're going to do hockey now, right, Dexy? Yeah. You got some hockey topics? What do we got? I mean, there's some good, there's some injuries, uh, kind of even today. Early this morning, I got an alert. Corey Crawford is on IR now, had the appendectomy this morning. So, what maybe a week or two injury, depending yeah, on how well know. they heal up. I know you're I the doctor of the of the two. I've some, never. So. That's like the one thing I've never had is appendicitis. <laughs> oh, we can't. Yeah. We can't I, do this. My appendix is still, you know, knock on wood. My appendix is still sitting in there, you know, doing healthy. nothing. Yeah, just doing nothing. So and not exactly, exploding so and trying to kill me. He is out uh, with the appendectomy now for uh, I'm guessing a, at least a week. So Scott Darling's taking over the the starting duties there in Chicago, but yeah, there's some there's some injury concerns. But uh, I mean, there, there was the uh, McDavid Matthews matchup this past week. There was Crosby going off against Dallas. There's some there's some interesting topics going on this week in the NHL. 
Yeah, um, it looks like Chad Johnson has firmly taken over the starter's job in Calgary here. I, th- I would think so, after um, last night even. Yeah, uh, he's he's tied for the lead league in shutouts. Um, he's and, and that's not even having played full-time yet. Right. Uh, he won last night in a very nice shootout win over the Wild. Uh, yeah, you got to think that if you, ha- if you haven't dropped Brian Elliott yet, I, I probably would. Yeah. Um, I did it. I got... I picked up Chad Johnson. He was sitting on the waivers, and it looks like he's going to be the starter for the time being now. I mean, I imagine they'll ride the hot hand, and if he loses a few in a row, then Brian Elliott will get a shot, and maybe Brian Elliott can take it back, and then you could swap back. But right now, Chad Johnson's the guy in Calgary. And, uh, and yeah, fire up your Scott Darlings. Yeah, and, I mean, we had Steve Mason had a great performance there this past week. Uh, a lot of fill-ins that are doing, you know, pretty pretty well. We talked about, I think we talked about Peter Budai a few weeks ago. Um, he's that LA team, like it just shows you that a team can really make a goalie because Peter Budai is looking, looking excellent. Like one of the top 10 goalies in the league so far this year. I, I think he's on at least, you know, six, seven games without letting more than two goals in and they're all producing wins there for the Kings. So they're slowly climbing up the Western conference standings, uh, backed by Budai and that team structure. Buddha is actually kind of a good goalie. Remember a few years ago in Colorado, he had a really nice season. Yeah, before before they brought in Varlamov and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so was... I, I think you know he's an older guy, but um, he's he's a good goalie, and he's just kind of he he's very much like Chad Johnson. I think I was talking about this with you earlier this week about how Chad Johnson just hasn't really had a shot in the NHL. Like he's kind of always been a backup, you know, maybe timeshare sort of guy, and uh, he's always had a winning record. He's played on some really bad teams. He right. played for Arizona. He's played for Buffalo. Uh, and he's always had a winning record. In the AHL, he had a winning record. And now he's finally, it seems like he's getting a little bit of a shot. And I sort of feel like that's Peter Budai now. You know, he's getting a shot. He's on, admittedly, he's on a very good team, plays a very defensive, you know, very good defensively sound game. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Peter Budai is still sitting on the waivers, don't let that name scare you away because he's on a good team that's going to put up wins. And he's he's in a starter's role for the foreseeable future. You don't have to worry about uh, Quick coming back probably till after Christmas, probably into the new year for sure. So that's a, you know, if you're looking for a starting goalie at this point, absolutely, you pick him up and you ride him there. Uh, exactly. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, lot of interesting storylines heading into, you know, the rest of the season. And, and I mean, you look at, you look at Tampa Bay, and you look at that kind of goalie situation where Andre Vasilevsky, uh, has, he's actually produced better stats than Ben Bishop, uh, believe it or not. And he's actually put up probably more fantasy value for you. That's an interesting situation where, you mean, there's been tons of trade rumors with Ben Bishop. And, you know, we talked about people or teams accepting these big contracts onto their team if they're not going to be the, like their keeper. You know what I mean? Like, they can't handle all this salary. Bishop's probably in that same situation with Halak we talked about a few weeks ago where they can't bring on that huge salary. What do you do? You ride Vasilevsky and just kind of leave Bishop. That's probably the plan, you know, Steve Eiserman and crew are thinking there in Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, with the, with the expansion draft coming up and the contract that they gave to Vasilevsky, um, you got to think that he's their guy in the future and Bishop's on his way out. Um, and I, so I would, I would imagine as the season wears on, Vasilevsky is going to get more and more and more starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see them re-signing Bishop this year. E- even if they did, they're going to lose one of them right. to the expansion draft. I mean, if you're a team sitting there and you got Bishop or Vasilevsky unprotected because one of them would be unprotected, uh, you're grabbing them. 
I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'd I'd take Bishop or Vasilevsky over Mark Andre Fleury. You, well, you potentially could get them both. Believe it or not. Yeah. You, right. Well, yeah, you could. They're, they're, but that's you gotta, the one you strength that about... this. That's the one strength. I didn't mean to interrupt, but there's that's the one strength of this expansion team that's going to be undeniable is their goaltending. Yeah. They're going to have they're going to have great options at goaltending to build around. Uh, to to lead them wherever they want to go. That's not going to be an issue. Maybe their forwards and their D are a little bit, you know, you know, not as strong, but their goaltending is going to be excellent. See, and I think they sneakily might have some good forwards and good defensemen because there's going to be some big contracts that teams are going to be sitting there when they're making their protected list for the expansion draft. And there's going to be some big contracts on good players, but they're going to be like, do we want to hold on to this big contract? Well, but and the, you got to look at the no moves there as well. There's going to be guys with yep. big tickets that they actually can't let go because of the no movement in their own contract. So then you're giving up younger guys that you've really drafted and you developed well. I'm thinking of Detroit probably uh, specifically, uh, and they're going to be giving up some young talent as well. They they draft well as we've seen for many many years, and teams like that that have these big ticket guys that they can't physically just you know let go to the expansion draft they got to hold on to them and they're going to give up some young talent going the other way um speaking of goalies winnipeg mm-hmm. they're having a bit of a rough situation there they no matter who they put in net they seem to get lit up um right. i see they're playing st louis tonight so that does not bode well for them there's Vladdy Tarasenko can put up a few yeah hudson's in tonight and i believe they're trying to set up hellebuck for the uh What's the hometown hockey tomorrow night against Chicago? So they got a back-to-back situation there against the the uh, Central Division, I guess if that's what it's called. But yeah, so Hutchison and Hellebuck, they've already let they've let go of Pavlikar. Is he just in the minors? I think he's, he's down in the A. He's down in the A. So yeah. these young guys in in Winnipeg, excuse me, they've got tons of offensive power. Uh, we talked about Shifley and Line A and. And Ehlers and you know Wheeler. There's so many offensive guys and Bufflin from the back end. Truba's back. They've got a formidable team. I feel like with every team, they just need a little bit of goaltending. Toronto's kind of in the same route. If they get some decent goaltending, these guys could you know potentially you know be in the race for a playoff spot. Yeah, and and Toronto. I mean, Anderson's been playing well, but he can't play every night. And whenever they put in Enroth, he's losing. Right, and it's not pretty. Um, the uh, Kari Ramo's been working out with them, and I guess he's in Toronto and he practices with them. And I don't know if they're going to sign him, but I think they should because Enroth is not looking good and he's losing them games. Um, and Kari's not that much better though either. Well, I, I would say Kari Ramo's better than Jonas Enroth. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, Enroth was with Buffalo, right? That's the, he was the old Buffalo guy yep. with Miller. I want to say yep. that was the twosome back there, back a few years ago. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, for me, it's you know six in one hand, or what's the saying? Six, six in one, half a dozen in the other. Yeah, whatever. Talking um, eggs here. <laughs> with Winnipeg, you got to think maybe they'll be in the goalie market for uh, like somebody like Ben Bishop or Marc Andre Fleury this summer. I mean, if if these guys are going to be getting moved around, a team like Winnipeg should be jumping all over that because they've got a bad situation going. Keep one of those guys as your young backup, see if they develop into something. But you can't be relying on those two right now because they're they're losing you games. 
Do you think Hutchison is almost in the same realm as an Andrew Hammond was with Ottawa? Had his little flash of the pan. And Hammond, I mean, yeah, now he's down in the A. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he's, he's, being, he's being called up back and forth with this whole Craig Anderson situation. So he's, But he's definitely not in the Senators' plans, I feel like. But, yeah, same kind of deal where, you know, he lit the world on fire. Hamburglar and, you know, they're throwing McDonald's burgers on the ice and Curtis Lazar is having a nice chunk of it after the game. But then now he's back in the A. And I feel like Hutchison... I think Hellebuck's, I mean, he's the future. He's absolutely the future, much like Vasilevsky is in Tampa Bay. And they value Hellebuck way more. So Hutchison's kind of that in-between goalie that's not a star, but he's not, he's not the hot prospect either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but they need somebody in there to... Goalies develop so late, right? Like right. your late 20s, early 30s is when you kind of start to turn it on. Bishop wasn't even good in St. Louis, and then they trade him, what, he was like 27, 28 when he went yeah. to Tampa Bay, and now we'll look at him. Well, I mean, look at Chad Johnson. And Chad Johnson. I, I hate to keep coming back to Chad Johnson, Man. but he's 30 years old. And Where he's... are we located, Dex? We're in southern Alberta, right? Well, yeah, but <laughs> We yeah, watch whatever. Flames games sometimes. And it's, it's the best team that I know. So, <laughs> But, I mean, look at him. He's 30 years old, and he, he looks like he's just kind of starting to find his game. or what. But that's how goalies are. Goalies take so long to develop. And these young guys, they, they'll play a few good games, but I feel like they just, you got to have somebody in there who can, you know, man the ship, lead the team, and then let these young guys come in for their back-to-backs and, and get, get them, you know, 20 games a season. Yeah. And then let them develop that way. That's what they've been, that's what they've been doing with Vasilevsky. It's yeah. almost a 60-20 rotation. And last year I had them I had them both in one of my season long. I just handcuffed Vasilevsky for whenever Bishop started. And, yeah, Vasilevsky was good in his starts. He had a shutout against Toronto. I think he had a couple shutouts over last year and looked really good in that, you know, taking along and and the process of, of developing him. So maybe now he's ready for more of a role. And like you said, he's... He he's better actually, be because I don't think they have a different option. He's producing July way 1st. better than Bishop. So um, that's exa- that's um, an interesting point there. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming up here on the hour mark. We've, we've talked a bunch of sports here. Uh, I say we, we wrap it up for the weekend. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, we've had... Basketball-wise, we'll quickly just get into basketball. There's been some good performances. We talked about Antetokounmpo... This week, with all the free plays, uh, the, we watched a movie clip. What's fifteen seconds long? And yeah, then and then click. they give you a free play. Do you have? A, I was thinking about this this morning. Do you have any idea what that movie's called that we've been watching all week? Incarnate. Incarnate. Okay, well, that's more than you can. Uh, that's more than I could say. Excuse me, because I have no idea what the movie was. So you watch this fifteen-minute clip, fifteen-second clip, and you get the free play. And we've been doing it pretty much all week. So we've been really, you know, following along. But Andy DeCumpo had a good game yeah we talked about Russell Westbrook pretty much always making value I don't know what they're gonna do with his price because he's almost at the point right now where it's like no brainer put him in because he's gonna hit value he's he's over 12 grand now but he's gonna hit value if we're looking at five times value to get you to 300 right right so man what do they like the way they should be setting prices and the way they try and do it to their credit is they set a price so that it's not an automatic no-brainer let's throw him in my lineup Right, you want to think about it. Do I want to pay up for this guy? Is he going to hit value? Some days he might, some days he might not. But I mean, Russell Westbrook is like, yeah, chalk him up for a triple double. He's probably going to go over sixty points. He has the last few games. He keeps hitting value. It, what? When does he hit a price where it's like, oh, maybe I won't roster him because whenever I see him available, I just throw him in. So then maybe yeah, maybe he gets thirteen five or maybe fourteen thousand dollars. That's gonna be that's wild. huge. That's huge. I still like I, you talk about him like it's a no brainer for for 
rostering Westbrook, and I just don't. I don't think it's that easy for me personally. I still struggle with the fact I don't know if I want to pay twelve six and take up a six or a you know a fifth of my roster with him. I don't know. He's not a no brainer in my eyes every single night. I think for cash games he is. I don't know for GPPs because then you kind of, you're 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 really limiting your the rest of your roster. And I mean we we talked about value plays like your boy Kilpatrick or Bogdanovich or Lou Williams or whoever it may be, kind of in that the guard spot. But then you kind of limit yourself when you get to your power forwards and your centers because you can't really afford anybody. Or maybe you're paying up for Anthony Davis that night and Russell Westbrook. Then you're really screwing yourself because those, like we said before, there's three guys that are over $10,000. It's Russ Westbrook, it's James Harden, and it's Anthony Davis. And those guys are there for a reason. But I see, I see those guys in a different tier still. I see Russell Westbrook in tier one and I see Harden and Davis in tier two. Because they still they don't consistently hit value. Last night Davis didn't. No. Um, and Harden did the other night only because they went to overtime. If the game had ended at the end of four quarters, he wouldn't have hit value. But Russ, to, to that point though, Russ didn't wouldn't have uh, made his value the night he had like sixteen points. He didn't have a triple double, and then that game went to overtime, and then he had the thirty four, fifteen, and thirteen line. Let's say. Yeah, that's true. So. Over, you're right. Overtime games can go either way, and it's hard to argue because that game, if it would have ended in regulation, Russ would not have had the 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 value to to accompany him. But then you you look at LeBron, excuse me, and LeBron what got to three times value, maybe two times value one night. Yeah, he's had Earlier a rough this, week. I think this it was week. Wednesday or Thursday as well, and man, that killed teams, myself included, because I rostered LeBron and he did not help me. I didn't get to cash. Yeah, he's just a hair under ten thousand. Right. And uh, yeah, if you're rostering him, you need to be hoping for 50 points. And if he if he puts up 25, uh, that's good if you're got if you're five thousand dollars, but not if you're ten thousand. So no. yeah, th- he's had a rough week this week where he hasn't been hitting value, and uh, and you know Kevin Love hasn't been hitting value. I rostered him. He had a rough week. Yeah. Even Kyrie Irving. I don't. You know Tristan Thompson. Everybody was wanted to be all over Tristan Thompson a couple yeah, nights ago. Yeah, I had ago Tristan and, as well in a lineup this week. Exactly. So, yeah. Th- so that's kind of why I feel more confident with Russell Westbrook is because, <laughs> yeah, okay, if he if he hadn't gone in overtime, he wouldn't have hit value. But, but that's like one time this season. That's like that the he's one time. So yeah. you know, if you're gonna spend money, you're gonna spend money somewhere in your lineup. I, I really like Ante Tacumpo. Mm-hmm. He almost hits value all the time, and his he's getting to that been, ten thousand range too. Oh, yeah, he's he was over Durant's ten thousand around that night. ten thousand range. So there's multiple guys getting to that the five digit tier yeah. now, but they they've been proving so far that they can do that yeah. consistently. So yeah. Love it. I love I love Antetokounmpo. And in ESPN, he's still four-position eligible. So he's like the most valuable guy in our league. Just put him in wherever. He's so valuable. So uh, excellent. That'll do it for today. That was a quick roundabout way of, of ending the pod. So thank you so much for downloading us. Uh, we appreciate you finding us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download podcasts. Of course, head to keytothegame.com. Uh, find our fan duel, or, yeah. Find our fan duel offer. Excuse me. The five free entries. The final weekend of Road to Fifty One. So get your free play in. Also, look for us in the one hundred and ten percent fan duel uh, friend zone or friends mode. Excuse me. We're looking friend for, zone. We got friend. We got zone. friend zone by one hundred and ten percent. But we're we're doing a weekly uh, for the rest of this season at least. We're doing a, a weekly uh, Sunday slate of games on fan duel. Two dollar entry and the winning prize. You get nine bucks. So you can quadruple your attempt. Uh, there's a link on our Twitter page. It's K2G Podcast. I don't think we've ever 
said the actual uh, Twitter handle of the podcast. Oh, if you just search Key to the Game, we'll come up. That's true. Look for the logo. But yeah, as of this recording, there's yeah. one spot left in the tournament tomorrow. We're looking for, we have 10 guys. So we yeah, we retweeted right the link. So we got one more spot if you want to jump in. Look for the link. Try to, to sign up for the FanDuel Friends mode with 110%. Our guys out of Lethbridge. Uh, we're also going to be jumping on their podcast next week, giving it some week 14 uh, top picks for your fan duel lineup as well. So thanks so much for downloading us. Uh, have yourself a great weekend. I'm Colby McKee. He is Dex Dunford. Dex, take us away. I'm going to go eat some food. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles.